Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Believe in UCLA Football Podcast. My name is James Williams, a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. And as always, I'm joined here by my co-host, former UCLA linebacker, Josh Woods. Josh, it's 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 been a couple weeks back from the holiday. Um, obviously, you're here on the screen with me, so I know I know you made it back okay and survived that whole airport situation stuff that was going on a couple weeks ago. But what's going on, man? Man, I'm for, honestly, it's been so long. I forgot <laughs> about that whole situation. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, had us running in the Atlanta airport like it was uh, Home Alone, <laughs> but made our flights, made it uh over to the east coast and back mm-hmm. and it's a new year new things going on yes new bruins new bruins on campus mm-hmm. we got new bruins on campus including well i don't want to say the most important one but the one everyone wanted to know was actually locked down they needed to make sure the man got on campus five-star quarterback dante moore is at ucla um let's jump into that real quick just because dante moore is kind of what everyone wants to talk about um I don't know if you watched it because it was like the same day as one of the bowl games or something. Um, And I was at the Rose Bowl and the uh, I didn't. Well, it's long story. I didn't go to the Rose Bowl game, but I was covering the Rose Bowl and the college football playoff. Um, But somewhere in between all of that, Dante Moore went to the um, All-American game and uh, balled out through four touchdowns, was named the MVP and. made a lot of UCLA fans very happy at what they're getting and, and kind of was the first kind of um, time a lot of UCLA fans got to see him play, obviously, because at the high school level, you're not getting a whole lot of high school games on TV. But um, is it not great to see Dante Moore get on the biggest stage you possibly can to finish out your high school career and uh, show out the way that he did? Did you kind of hear or see any of that? I did. I, I saw it what i needed to see mm-hmm. so i didn't watch it actually but I seeing either, the clips no. on on twitter um the throws that he was making the decisions that he was making everything looked on point and um yeah i think you know the pro nation needs to be excited about what he's going to bring to the table and you know just for this next chapter of ucla football with so many you know so many people that have been there for a while leaving um mm-hmm. it seems like it's going to be a whole new team next year and uh Hopefully, you know, he's brought to speed and um, ready to go by game one. We'll see. I mean, Savvy Ethan Garbers. Um, Justin Martin is still there. Justin Martin is still in, in the Colin, mix. Colin Schley, the Kent State transfer, um, also enrolled early. So he's there. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, and I'm sure we kind of talked about this before, but just to put it into context, so you have guys like Colin Schley, you have um, the running back everyone wants in Carson Steele, if I remember the name correctly. But then you also have Dante, as we talked about. What are these guys learning? What are what are the what are they doing with the the football program as early enrollees? Like what 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 do they do? Do you have any idea like what goes into the process of the next couple months before spring ball? Um, so I enrolled in the spring. Mm-hmm. and so only person in my class that enrolled in the winter quarter was josh rosen but essentially it's it's pretty much the same thing you get thrown right into the fire right into the mix mm-hmm. um 
having people in the same class situation as you is kind of easier because you guys will uh, majority of times be thrown along together, you know, same classes, same schedule, that type of thing. So the grad transfers will have like their group and then the mm -hmm. freshmen will have their group pretty much. Um, and you're thrown straight in like a, you know, you're a student. So you have classes for the quarter, you have workouts, uh, you know, you're straight to meals, meetings, like, Oh, they still you know, feed y'all. They still give you. I guess they would, but y'all, they still got the food plan and everything is like still. Oh, off season meals is the same as in season. Oh, okay. okay. So, uh, <laughs> you know, same everything. You know, so uh, they're thrown straight into that, and I mean they're guided a little bit of help from the, mm -hmm. um, you know, for the first few weeks you're kind of walked around by the academic staff and, um. Uh, you know, the training yeah. staff and you have to do all your, your eval type stuff early on. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, by the end, by the middle, you're pretty much in the whole, you know, you understand the whole scheme of things and you're, you're going along with everybody else that's been there for the, you know, for the year. Mm -hmm. So it's just a, a way to, you know, get a, get a head start on your career, you know, getting right into that weightlifting program, um, getting into meetings and understanding, you know, playbook stuff you know having meetings with coaches and all that type of thing is going to help as you know get ahead going to spring ball and then having spring ball ahead of camp and the actual season so very important especially for a quarterback to start getting those things down getting those reps down getting uh to know everybody getting your chemistry with other players and and things of that nature yeah and so it'll be good to see how those guys look they're getting a jump start obviously by enrolling early um you know, all these guys, there was 14 total uh, between the freshmen and the guys that entered the transfer or that came in through the transfer portal. Uh, that's a whole different episode we will get more into. But, um, yeah, so so we'll see how they do. Obviously, the quarterback competition is going to be the talk of the offseason and leading into the season, obviously. So Dante Moore, Colin Schley, we'll get a lot. We'll have a lot more conversation on those guys. Um, someone who will also get a chance to make his case and, and was given the opportunity to do so during the Sun Bowl uh, was Ethan Garbers. He got in in relief of uh, DTR. DTR, I believe, is now doing some um, training with Carson Palmer. I think I saw in a video, former uh, USC quarterback Carson Palmer. If I, if I, if I recognize it, might be, him it might be Jordan Palmer. I I maybe because I know they kind of look like it was it was a Palmer I know that um, but regardless uh, so DTR doing that so it looks like he's healthy bounced back nicely he got banged up quite a bit in the Sun Bowl uh, Josh you watched the Sun Bowl uh, what, what what were your takeaways what 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 kind of went through your mind during that obviously Charbonnet didn't play that was we kind of it wasn't a surprise that he didn't play but. I mean, yeah, we've been in that predicament before where it seems like he's practicing all week. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, well, he wasn't dressed this time, but usually he's dressed and just standing there. This, <laughs> you know, this time he he wasn't in his uniform. Um, but I've seen on Twitter and talking about like how that game embodied the UCLA season. It was filled with mm -hmm. um downs and ups, high, high ups, and then mm -hmm downs again and then ended in disappointment and i think that is you know what embodied UCLA's season this year um you know they did a lot of good things and you have high hopes 
but then you're let down. But you still see the future mm-hmm. in in all the darkness. So, um, it like I said, like it's the whole season. Like I feel like literally through the the, if you look at the schedule, you know, kind of disappointed. The like in the beginning they're winning, but like mm-hmm. you know y'all need to be doing better and then they kind of took off you're like okay now this is what you know what we're waiting for this is about to be the excitement was real and then downhill with turnovers injuries Mm -hmm. and ultimately you know losing the game i think that is you know how the ucla season can be summed up in one game it was that bowl game i mean pretty much because it came down to the end and if you look at the end of what the ucla season was is you had that loss to arizona you had the loss to usc you had a win against cal where you think you have a little bit more hope maybe you're still in the sun bowl that was that was the tj harden run for for the touchdown yes and then it just bam it just crash landing um it was it was it was kind of like I couldn't believe it just be and I think a lot of it is because there was the expectation of they're going to win this game. There's no reason why they're not going to win this game, even if Charbonnet doesn't play because of how many guys they had opted out the quarter. Josh, I'm not trying to make it. I'm not trying to put salt in the wound, but the quarterback for Pitt had only played maybe one other game this past season and had only played and played in the bowl game like the Sugar Bowl last year. Um when Kenny Pickett had declared and opted out of the game last year. So he has like three games total under his belt. And and he kind of just did his thing. I mean, yeah, Kaz Allen didn't play. I'm trying to think who on defense didn't play. No one. It's not like guys on defense sat out. To me, there was no excuse, Josh, why they lost this game. No, the defense was picked apart and things that, you know, a lot of things all season that we 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 had questions about or doubts about, mm-hmm. um, and they continue to get exposed. Um, turnovers were crucial, yeah, and ultimately I'd... let them back in the game. And that that like I said, that's that was a plague that's you know going on, and unfortunately injuries as well. With with I don't know what the deal with Charbonnet is, but when DTR going down, um, was 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 DTR was he trying to play hero ball? Because he had know. he had three interceptions. He was sacked once. Garbers was intercepted once. I mean, Dorian did rush for a touchdown. He did throw for two touchdowns. I mean, I don't know if he's playing hero ball, but I know at least one of those interceptions, he looked dude right in the eye and, like, threw it at him. I don't know if the receiver ran the wrong route, if it was an option route or what. It's unfortunate for Dorian's career to end on that game. Yeah, <laughs> it was. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if he was trying to go <laughs> on a blaze of glory or what. Because he was fired up. I mean, you mm-hmm. saw the, the that that penalty that he drew. Like, I, he played with a lot of emotion. People were questioning if he was going to play or not. And he mm-hmm. did play, and he he gave it all he had, and and then some. Yeah. Uh, and when you know you could see the emotion on his face, and then it was like. It was like the um, what was it? It was a game after Fresno. The last year, last year, where like Dorian is out there, like barely surviving, carried off the sideline. He'd go back in. Oh, that was the or- uh, the Stanford? It was the Stanford game. Yeah, yeah, where they were. Yeah, 
I thought I it was re- almost going to be like that. It was like yeah. he was getting carried to the locker room. Then they score, and he's, like, running out the locker room. Yes. And he was, like, crying. Then he was happy. And then he was sad. And at the end of the game, like, he looked sad. And then not sad when they put the camera on him. And, you know, they're going to have mm-hmm. the camera on the whole time. And it was like, I don't know. It was a lot going on. It, yeah. It's because I you're like doubting on the game. You're trying to like, you know, oh, we lost. But then also you're kind of reflecting on your career. And it's kind of like he probably had this whole moment where his whole career flashed before his eyes, like the whole five years just repeated through his head. Like, so. But is it that or what? like apparently there was drama before the game, the little scuffle before the game, which led to him headbutting no, the The thing the is, is, I don't think he was even involved in that. That's because even on the broadcast, they say, oh, he had kind of heard or like, like, because it was the Murphy. Like I saw the Murphy twins; they had to get held back. They're always in the middle of everything um, before the game, so they were like chit chatting with the pit players or whatever back and forth during warmups. They're not even in pads or anything yet. This is just you know shirts and shorts. You're out there just stretching, whatever things you get hot. And and from what I saw, kept Dorian was not out there at all. So th- this just got back to Dorian, and so Dorian comes out hot and. And they, that's why he got chippy on the first touchdown and like gotten dude's face, headbutted him, ran around to the other dude and then was like skipping along. And I'm like, while the dude's chasing him, that no, that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. But like I said, unfortunate, you know, that it had to end that way. But like I said, that's how the, that's how the season went. It was, you know, high hopes and expectations, disappointed, but the future in, in guys like Harden. You know, mm-hmm. it's exciting, you know, about what's to come for for the Bruins. It makes me it makes me wonder. Well, OK, so first of all, Bill McGovern did come back. This was his first game back. A lot of people still on, on Twitter think they still need a defensive coordinator. Let me tell you, people, there is not going to be a new defensive coordinator. He already said he was coming back. Drop it. Let it go. Forget about it. It's Let it be. The other thing is. Everyone wants Brian Norwood gone because he hasn't recruited someone other than Devin Kirkwood in into the into the DB room, more or less. Um, they have a chance at Roderick Pleasant, I think, from Sarah still. Um, and hopefully they can get him just so people can leave Norwood alone. <laughs> but hopefully, um, yeah, the secondary is going to is going to be something that needs to be improved on. I don't know if there was anyone really who stood out as far as any younger guys on the defense uh, for defensive backs. Um but yeah, going back to Harden, I think that's the most promising thing. They're getting some other running backs in. So they definitely reloaded in the running back room. I think Anthony Atkins from Navy. Um, I think he took a year off. He's either from Army or Navy, but took a year off then is coming in um, off a year off. You got Carson Steele from Ball State. Um, there was some graphic, Josh, where they showed like ta- like talent and scheme it was a graph like showing like what's the best like just talent but maybe isn't in the right scheme and who has the best running scheme and at the very top was UCLA for scheme and at the very top for talent that's maybe underutilized was Carson Steele so now you're going to get those two together and i it, it could be uh, i've seen a, also another graphic for thing. UCLA it was i think it was yards it was like yards before contact and, and then like, yards yeah. after contact and UCLA was like high in both yeah, yeah. And yeah. now we have at least four running backs that could all potentially start. The starting, like, 
like, you know, we're going to talk a lot about the quarterback competition, the running back. I mean, even if it's not really competition, because they're going to lose these two guys. That's, that's what I'm saying. At least the running backs, you know, they're going to rotate mm-hmm. like quarterback. Once you're when chips, once chip picks who he wants, <laughs> yes. it's a lock. You know right. what that is? Yes. But every other position you is going to rotate. They rotate mm-hmm. running backs, tight ends, linebackers, O-line, mm-hmm. D-line, DB. Like, I think chip is like one of the only guys that likes that kind of hockey rotation rather yeah. like some schools once you're start you you're you're playing the whole game mm-hmm. but like when when chip came they came with the with the um this kind of rotation where they sub like if you're a starter you're playing about like 75 percent of the snaps mm-hmm. like 60 60 to 75 percent you know then you have like your backup guys and those guys are playing about 40 to 35 and then there's some guys that only will only play about five to 15 percent and you kind of Mesh that all together, depending on the health of guys, and that's just to, um, they say that you know keep guys fresh for this yep. long season. Because a lot of times, if you're playing in every snap, you know, and you're trying to Iron Man the whole season. That's when guys get pretty banged up by about week seven, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, you know, it has its pros and cons. But with that said, with this stable of running backs, people are probably going to be annoyed <laughs> when you have. Mm-hmm. All these different running backs, and and UCLA is just pounding the rock the whole time, which is gonna help a freshman quarterback if Dante Moore gets to start. Um, so we'll see. Okay, to that though, and I, and I was thinking about this when you said something. You know, when you said when Chip kind of talks about his whoever his guy is gonna be at quarterback. Now, hear me out. Would he not want to start Dante Moore or get him going early because? Were you going to wait for him to get into the Big Ten and start him? Like, do you not want to build him this year? This, if we look back to when he first got there, it was a similar situation. Do mm-hmm. you start prepping Dorian now, or do you let your grad transfer start? Then if something happens, then Dorian's in, and then mm-hmm. other guys are just there. Um, And that, you know, Dorian didn't get the start. Right. So we'll see if um if a guy like Schley gets the start because mm-hmm. of his experience or Ethan Garbers because he has the most experience. Mm-hmm. Um or Chip goes with a five star. Because when you like I think I've said it before, like when you get a five star kid, it's kind of a win win for starting the kid. Because it's a yeah. lose lose if you don't. Because if if you got a top talent kid and you're not playing him, then they're like, why are you like what you're wasting the kid, you're wasting his potential, mm-hmm. um, and you aren't doing good, then it's like, dang, you're you know, this kid can help you, or whatever. But you put the five star kid in and he he does good, you look great. He doesn't do good, he's a freshman. Yeah, you could point to that, right? You'd right, be like, right. ah, he's young. We <laughs> got okay. time, we gotta develop him. It's okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, but yeah, you go true. with a you go with a vet, then it's like Oh, it's supposed to be ready right away. They're not doing good. Oh, why are you not playing the five-star best quarterback? They're gonna want Dante in. Yeah, they're gonna be asking for yeah. him anyway. So exactly. So if they if they start one of the other guys, he has to be balling and like winning and no mistakes. Because as soon as there's any any kind of lack or any mistakes, everybody's mm-hmm. gonna be going after Chip's head for why Dante Moore is not in the game. So we'll see how it comes in camp because Springball is not gonna tell us. 
it's not going to determine it right away because we've seen these quarterback battles in spring and chip like is starting different guys every time mm-hmm. guys are taking different reps and then camp and it's still like nobody knows and then game one you know so it's like it there's gonna there's months before we're gonna know who's gonna start but i, I was gonna choose. i was gonna say for you did what even if it goes back to the time of mora like was there a point where like when do you guys know there's a starter like when like is it by we, spring? We didn't know till no, because when I like I said, Josh Rosen came in January. Mm-hmm. Jerry Newheisel was the vet. So Damn, Jerry was there when Josh was there. That's what I'm saying. So it was <laughs> Jerry Jerry and Josh were going to it spring ball, like, you know, nothing of it. Mm-hmm. And then fall camp, they battled every like every day. And like middle of camp, like Boris coming to line, the linebacker being like who do y'all think is um the starter right now? Who's and asking all, you that? They, they who someone asked Coach Mora came in a linebacker and, th- and asked what we thought at the time. At the oh, time, wow. it might be sound like a crazy question, but at mm-hmm. the time, you gotta think about who was in the linebacker room. You yeah. had Kenny Young, Jayon Brown, Miles Jack, like you had leaders, Aaron Walt, mm-hmm. like like you had like leaders and guys that had been around in that room. So like their opinion really did matter. Right. And, and you guys are going up it, against those dudes. Yeah. Yeah. And like a, I just, I'll just say, Josh Rosen was, did not win in votes between guys in the room, <laughs> and the re, uh, a majority of the reason being was leadership. Mm-hmm. Jerry was just Jerry's like you know as he is now. Jerry is the same. He is like a guy. He's a leader. He's like mm-hmm. for the team. And even I think it was probably a week or a week and a half before the first game that Moore announced that Josh was going to be a starter. And immediately Jerry goes and starts running the scout team quarterback. Even though he was the backup, he went and would run scout team to give defense the best look because he wanted to, which not many backup quarterbacks would do. Right. And he still had the knowledge to if if his his time to go in the game that he knows what to do as the backup. Hmm. Um. So I commend Jerry for that because that that taught me a lot as a young guy of you know what it means to be a team player. Um. But yeah. So you we you won't know until close to game time and you said they make an announcement like is it like in when the middle of one you, of these team when, they, when they tell the, when kind of when they tell media they might tell the team in a meeting like right before or they might mm-hmm. not even tell the team and then listen that's the media and we kind of already know chip probably ain't even gonna tell us he's just gonna like put it slap it on the depth chart or it's gonna be the first game knowing him i see that's the thing that's kind of the exciting thing for me is like we don't know how any of this is gonna go at least for me because all I know is Dorian as quarterback. There was never any controversy. So I don't know. That's I mean, why I'm he always tried to, he always did try to act like Dorian is up for we're a battle, but like every year, like we'd be like Dorian's we, with the ones. We knew Dan, all, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. But now it's like, okay. Yeah. You know. But I'm saying like that's how it was his first year. Um okay. and we'll see if history repeats itself. Yeah, that should be interesting. I'm excited about that. Um a few other notes that's that I had written down is one, despite losing the Sun Bowl, UCLA was still ranked number 21 in the final AP ranking. Um, so they were just about ranked every week after the non-conference game. I think after after they beat Washington was the first time they got ranked. Um, and then they had had it ever since. So once they got the, to the set, because they played Colorado, so five weeks into the season and and the rest of the way after that they remained ranked 
um, which is the longest I think as they've been ranked since I've been there, uh, since I've been covering the team. Um, and then Pitt was actually ranked number 22 right below them. Um, so I think that still kind of says people think that UCLA just still should have won that game. But mm-hmm. um, I'm going to call him Chad K because I am not going to even try and pronounce his last name. But defensive line coach Chad K um, is not going to return. He's decided to step away from the UCLA program to kind of pursue other opportunities. Um, I don't it's not necessarily like the D lines in a bad spot because you still got the Murphy twins coming back. Um you know, other guys on that defense, like Latu, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not like there's going to be a big dip and maybe there, I don't necessarily think there was a lack of production there. So maybe he's just looking for some other opportunities or he has something else. Um, then also you have um, two guys that I mentioned to you briefly before we started recording, Josh, um, former offensive analyst, Marcus T Thomas was hired by Navy as an offensive assistant I believe he had left the program in June and was already doing a little something with Navy, but I think he just got a different job or a different title with Navy. But I wanted to point that out since he was a former UCLA guy um, and was on that coaching staff for some time. But then also uh, defensive analyst Daniel Fields uh, has been hired as the new defensive coordinator at Lewis and Clark. He's been there for like 10 years is my understanding. Uh, do you have any any quick thoughts or, or a story about either one of those guys or just what their roles may have been with the program? Um, I think it's always just great seeing, you know, guys elevate. And in the same way that that I um, admired the the walk-ons and get guys like Greg Dulcich and guys like, uh, you know, like all like all those types That's of kids. Uh, yeah. 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 Like it's it's like the same thing seeing like these GAs turn analysts turn, you know. Of just seeing them, you know, spend endless, endless hours in that facility working, doing all the grunt work, doing all the play cars, like run scout team, walking recruits around. Like they do so much. And like oh, they do all that stuff too, huh? Man, they honestly they do majority of the work in the <laughs> yeah. in, in the it's facility. It's like a thankless you know? job, no? Yeah, exactly. So um, you know, seeing them finally get opportunities is, is always just dope to see. Um and like fields. Another guy that you know was there when when I was there, he was a a walk on re- receiver when I was there, mm. um, and watching him just always give his all on scout team, giving a look and um, bringing effort and energy every day, and then him turn that into when he was a GA and just bringing the juice. Um, like I said, doing all the all the hard work that you know gets overlooked and underappreciated. Um, so seeing this opportunity is just awesome, and um, you know I just wish them the best uh in the future at their their new positions at the new schools um some other former alumni that have declared for the draft chris murray former offensive lineman who was at oklahoma declared you also had mitchell gude who was with ucla uh last year who before going to miami he's also declared for the draft um still no word from charbonnet but obviously it, it's foregone conclusion that he's going to be gone for the draft especially with the guys the running backs they've gotten in um, Nicholas Barmira, the kicker, even though he had been in the portal, did play in the Sun Bowl. He's going to transfer. He's already committed and tra- transferred and committed. I don't know if he's officially transferred yet, but has committed to Mississippi State. Um, and then you had Tyler Manoa, who's now on campus at Arizona. We knew that for some time that he was going to be there. And then Matt Sykes, the receiver. Um, I had mentioned before on some of the Twitter spaces that 
you know, the transfer portal, you're always going to get a surprise or two, maybe someone that kind of catches you off guard. Like, where did this come from? Matt Sykes is one of those guys who uh, put his name in the transfer portal receiver. Um, maybe kind of wasn't, he was kind of playing a little bit, but just with some of the guys that had kind of come in, he wasn't, he didn't, wasn't really getting to that next level. I'm not sure what leads to that. Maybe just more opportunity. Um, I think he had a touchdown in maybe, I don't know, not in the Sun Bowl, but he, or maybe he did in the Sun Bowl. Um, no, he didn't have one in the Sun Bowl. He had one recently though. But anyways, that's just kind of it on those guys. Um, we'll talk more in detail about where those guys, some of these other guys go um, when we get to it. But um, yeah, Josh, I think that's it for now. Uh, we kind of caught up to speed on everything. Uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.